0: today we are treating Proverbs chapter 27 and that is a part 25 of wisdom the teachings on wisdom and um, so today's Proverbs chapter 27 and we have an open question that says do you have a very good friend whom you know is closer to you than your siblings what has helped you in the relationship Do we have friends here that are closer to us than our siblings? I can hear a resounding yes. Praise the Lord. That is so soothing to hear. Yeah, because that is how it should be in the house of the most high God. And what has helped you in that relationship? Okay, I have a hand in the choir. Any other hand? And I have a hand here. Thank you. So let's let's go. We have hands in the choir. Okay, so let's go. Ushers, please. Thank you. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, I have uh, a friend that is closer to me than my siblings, and she's sitting behind me. Oh, yes, um, <laughs> she's my good prayer partner, and um, I thank God for her life because she also hears God clearly. Mm. So um, we tackle things together, and we get results—good results. Praise God. And I'm grateful them. to God for that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what, what has helped you in the relationship? Um, her sincerity, even when I'm wrong, she tells me I'm wrong. So her sincere heart has helped me stay close to the relationship. I'm bound to it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Aptly answered. Thank you. Okay. So we have an, still have a hand in the choir. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, so good. Okay. Yes, I have a friend and she's sitting right in front of me (laughs) Oh! and what has helped me in the relationship is a heart of giving. Oh, she can give anything. Wow. Wow. So I'm learning from that. Oh, that's really good. Let's put our hands together for that. That's so beautiful. Okay. So we have another hand here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
1: (laughs) Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. I have never seen a place like God's favorite house.
0: Yay, praise Amen. The
1: Lord. Amen. I, I am not joking. I am no. saying the real facts. Absolutely. I have never seen. You know, I have gone to so many churches. I keep on saying it mm. day after day. I have never been in a place where I have a friend. Mm. Not even a friend. I have two friends here. Um, they are not in church now, I don't know. <laughs> they are so helpful in place wow. of prayers, mm. in place of, um, you know, at times I have issues. I hardly discuss issues with people. But um, since when I joined this church, I discussed issues with these Friends of mine. Safe house. Uh, Yes, yes. And they have been so, so good. So good. That time I would say, ah, sorry, bye bye. Immediately she tells you, yeah, this is what you do. This is in place of prayers. Mm. Nothing else. And by the grace of God, when I go in there myself, no, at times, oh, you cannot say, your friend joins you in prayer. She you know, at times she might. Mm. Uh-huh. But you that owns that problem, you know that you ought to pray. Mm. And once she said, go and do one, two, three, four. I does it. And the result is so, so good. Amazing. Amen.
0: Amen. And the other
1: one is a giver.
0: Oh, praise the Lord. Yes.
1: She's a giver. She's so good. So mm. good. I've not mentioned their names. Mm. She's a giver. If I say giver, she say giver, giver, Mm. giver. Yes. (laughs) I've never seen her tie before. And I thank God for her life. I pray that God Almighty will continually to bless her. Amen. And do that which only him, God, can do. concerning her life in Jesus' name. Amen. Indeed, God's favorite house is a safe place. To be. Hallelujah.
0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that just beautiful? That is really beautiful. So today we are, we are delving into um, the book of Proverbs and tw- chapter 27, and it talks a lot about friendship, about all the interpersonal skills. You know, that we need to maintain our friendship, our relationships. You know, it talks a lot about the things that we need to nurture, you know, to have successful relationships, you know, with one another. And I'm I'm really thankful to have these beautiful testimonies. I'm sure we can go on and on. Personally, I also can go on and on and on and on, you know. And um, God is going to um, bless us today. As we learn how to nurture these relationships and take them to the next level in Christ Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to be reading Proverbs chapter 27. We're going to be reading from verses 1 to the very end. And I want you to pay attention as we read. Everybody should have an index card right now. And when we are done reading, there are two things we are going to be doing. And the first thing is, I'm going to ask you to write your favorite verse from this this particular chapter in the index card. Your favorite verse. And it's something else that we're going to be writing on the second page. Okay, so let's go with the word. Hallelujah. The word of God is exciting. He's sweet. He's powerful. So let's get ready to enjoy listening and hearing the word. Don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty. But the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood. But jealousy is even more dangerous. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend Are better than many kisses from an enemy. A person who is full refuses honey. But even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from his nest. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. Be wise, my child, and make my heart glad. Then I'll be able to answer my critics. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simple thing goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Get security for someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Get a deposit if he does it for foreigners. A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a cross. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. That is the fifth time, you know, that, that that is being mentioned. So far, the fifth time in the Bible, God does not like Korelu. So, women of worship. We are not quarrelsome. I trust that. We are beautiful women. We are not quarrelsome. And men of service too. They are not quarrelsome. We are just beautiful in God's favorite house. Amen. (laughs) A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or trying to hold something with greased hands. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As workers who tend a fig tree are allowed to eat the fruit. So workers who protect their employer's interests will be rewarded. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested By being praised, you cannot separate fools from their foolishness. Even though you grind them with grain, like grain with mortar and pistol, know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. After the hay is harvested and a new crop appears and the mountain grasses are gathered in, your sheep will provide wool for clothing and your goats will provide the price of a field and you will have enough goats make for yourself, your family, and your servant girls. Amen. May the Lord bless, may the, Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. So I, I, I will give you a few seconds to write what your favorite um, verse is from this chapter 27 that we have just read and I would like to ask one or two people what is your favorite verse from this chapter? Does anyone have a favorite verse already? We should all have one by now from this chapter. Let me see your hand up please. I just need two people. Thank you. Usher's please. Okay. Okay. we take three quickly. we take three very quickly. Just read out the favorite verse. Thank you. (laughs) My favorite verse is um
1: Verse 17. As iron sharpens
0: iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you, Ma. So please write down your favorite verse on your index card as I'm asking people to read out theirs. Thank you. And yours, sir?
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, My favorite verse is the verse 2. Okay. Who said that uh, we should not... Praise yourself, that you should allow other people to
0: To praise praise your good works. Thank you, thank you. And we have the third hand there, very quickly. Let me hear what your favorite, raise your hand please, the ushers are looking for you. Okay, your favorite verses. Thank you. Good evening, good evening. It's verse 10, okay. Never abandon a friend or your or yours and your father's friend. Maybe they will be of help and all this. Thank you. Okay, so we must all be done writing our favorite verses right now on our index card. Okay, praise the Lord. So you're going to put the index card in a conspicuous place when you get home and um, it will constantly remind you of that um, wisdom nugget. Okay, so what we're going to write on the other page is... um, I I think we should write it down because I constantly see myself, you know, going to my file to, you know, flip to when we did Wisdom Part 2 and when um, Papi taught us on the channels of wisdom. So, uh, you know, I, I always have to go back a lot of times. I can't count how many times. So eventually I wrote it on my phone. Then I said, okay, well, let me just have it on my index card. So the first one is by inspiration and revelation. So, so uh, at the top, as a topic, you write channels of wisdom by inspiration and revelation. And the second one is by instruction. And the third one is contemplation from observation and experience. When you say. How did I make this mistake? What have I learned from it? How will I not make this kind of mistake again? You know, contemplation from observation. You observe and then you learn. Number four is from books. And number five is impartation. Where he said wisdom is a spirit. The breath of God. When the breath of God comes upon you, you know, it breeds wisdom upon you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, chapter 27 is actually divided into two parts. We have from verses 1 to 22 and then um talking about basically about relationships and then from 23 to 27 talking about leadership about ministry about investment and if you, if you would um you would notice as we were reading that the the, the verses co- actually come in pairs you will discover that one and two are related, three and four are sort of related, five and six, seven and eight, nine and ten, you know, they are all related. So we're going to be taking them in pairs, the one we can take in pairs this evening. So I'm going to be starting with verses one, two and twenty-one. And the first point here says boasting and self-praise. So we're going to be learning points and um, wisdom nuggets that will help us in our relationship with people. You know, we all have relationships that we care about, you know, relationships that have helped us, you know, have moved us to another level relationships that we can say has been a blessing. So, but what here, chapter 27 is telling us a lot of things, you know, that we can imbibe to ensure that we nurture, you know, those relationships to the glory of God. So verses 20, verses 1, 2, and 21 says, don't brag about tomorrow. Since you don't know what the day will bring, let somebody else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold. But a person is tested by being praised. So it says, don't brag about tomorrow. You know, you don't know what tomorrow holds. But that is not to say that we are not to plan. Yes, we are to plan. But you know, all our plans, we are supposed to commit them all into the hands of the most high God. And uh, it says, let somebody else praise you, not your own mouth. Avoid, so my point point there says, avoid self-praise. Avoid self-praise. So, we're going to read Proverbs 16, verses 1, 3, and 33. I just really like, okay, 1, 3, and 33, Proverbs 16. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. And I just love verse thirty-three. You know, each time I read that that verse, I just get excited because I know that my my life is in the hands of God, who controls, you know, the the result of the dice. He says, "We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines the how they fall." You know, Ecclesiastes was saying, "Well, time and chance happens to them all," but really, even behind the time and the chance, who's behind it all? God. Nothing happens to us by mistake. God is behind it all. You know, so you may throw the dice and think, well, it's whatever I throw. But God is the one behind it all, you know. The the, the invisible power behind it all. He just directs the wind and then he gives you, what do you need to actually, when you're playing a little game, what do you need to actually um, ensure that you're actually in the game and you're not left behind? You need to throw a six. You know, so I can remember many times when I'm playing the game of Ludo and I'm praying, God, please let it be number six, let it be six, you know. So God is actually in charge, in charge of everything. I remember there was an event um, recently that um, I was um, planning. And then when we checked the weather forecast, it said on that day that um, it was just five days to reach. And it says that that day was going to be, was going to be a rainy day. So we started praying and said, God, please do not let it rain. Let the weather just be really nice and, you know, and, um, no, no, he said, he said the weather was going to be sunny, it was going to be nice and we're so happy. And then when we checked the weather forecast, three days to it. you know it said it was going to be a rainy day and we just started praying but eventually it didn't rain you know so everything is in the hands of the most high God In, in as much as we're encouraged to plan but don't boast about it James 4 13 to 36 says it is evil you know look here you will say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we stay there for a year we will do this we will do business there and make a profit how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or do that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is what? Evil. I said, Ouch. You know, when I read it, ouch, it's evil. Outright evil. So, don't make your plans without God, but go ahead and make your plans and avoid self-praise. You know, so sometimes we we are so, if we are not careful, we can be so much into ourselves to the extent that you know, we just keep praising ourselves. The Bible says it is wrong. Let other people praise you. You know, and if, if you are letting other people praise you, which means those other people are giving compliments. So, you also should learn to give out compliments. You know, there is an angel. There is an angel in everyone. That's what my next um, point says. There's an angel in everyone. Remember the story of um, Balaam when he was riding on a donkey and then the donkey stopped and he started hitting the donkey. It was because God opened the donkey's eyes to see the angel. If you cannot see something to compliment in someone. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. There is an angel in everyone you come across. Every child of God you come across, there's an angel in them. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, there is an angel in you. Amen. I remember, I remember one particular Sunday morning, I was walking from church office to the auditorium. And you know, I was just, you know, Sunday morning, people are gaily dressed, looking really nice. And I just kept complimenting, oh, your hair is nice. Oh, your bag is, oh, I like the shoes. Oh, I like the dress. So by the time I did five times, just from church office halfway, I had to stop and I said, Lamide, what exactly is going on? Is this flattery or, but I said, you know, it, it was a kind of questioning going on in my head. I said, no, but the shoes were actually nice. But the hair was actually said, Yeah, there's no, there's no flattery. Let me just continue with my, you know, doling out my compliments. And I just continued to dole out the compliments. Amen. So there's an angel in everyone, you see. And um, the Lord will open our eyes to learn to give out compliments, you know. Amen. There's a graphic that I would like um, CMM to, to, to bring up. We should always... Okay, here it says, so I'm going to change the women to, to people. Successful people don't compete. They collaborate. Another one says they don't, they don't com- compete with each other. You know, they complete one another. Amen. So we don't compete in God's favorite house, right? Yeah, we compliment one another, amen, to the glory of his name. The Hebrew word for praise and brag apparently is the same. That's very interesting. The Hebrew word for praise and brag is apparently the same thing. Verse 21 says, so what do you do with your praise? What do you do with your praise? Can I have verse 21 on the screen again? Here it says that, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. You know, praise praise actually tests our character. You know, when you are getting a lot of praises, a lot of praises, you just have to be very careful. So what do you do when you get a lot of praises? I remember my last birthday when I was getting a lot of messages and very beautiful messages. And I was at the salon. I was getting a pedicure. So at one point when I held up the phone and I was reading the messages, tears started streaming down my face. And the guy who was doing the pedicure was like, "Uh uh-uh. Hope everything is okay. So then when I had one or two or three phone calls and happy birthday, oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, auntie, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. You know, but the praises came and I was really overwhelmed. Then I got back home, daddy. I went on my knees and I, I, I took my phone before God and I said, God, I have received so many praises today. Am I really all this? Am I really all this? And I said, God, I return everything to you. So when praises come, they come to test our character like silver, like gold is tested through fire and they come out still pure. If you put any other thing inside fire, it changes, but real silver, real gold still remains, you know? So, um, my next point says praise test your character. Vain men seek it. Weak men are inflated by it. Wise men are thankful for it. Return it to God and don't keep it. Amen. So we should learn to return our praises to God and not keep it. Amen. So the next point is anger, resentment, and jealousy. Verses 3 and 4. Anger, resentment, and jealousy. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty. But the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. You know, anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood. But jealousy is even more dangerous. So here talking about a stone is heavy and saying that resentment is even heavier. So, you know, anything that is heavy, we should have nothing to do with it. You know, the Bible says we should get rid of things that easily beset us. Things that easily weigh us down. All these things in our walk with God weigh us down. You know, and when a man is passionate about something and cannot control that passion. That passion is bound to sink that person. May our passions not sink us in the name of Jesus. May they take us higher in Christ Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, you must be able to control your passion. That's my next point. So, it doesn't sink you. So, when we when we engage in foolish actions and foolish words, they bring resentment. You know, and, um, the, these, this particular verse now went on to compare anger, resentment, and jealousy. And said, well, of all these three, jealousy is the worst of them all. You know, because Proverbs, Proverbs 15, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. You know, so, so there's, um, there's a solution to anger. You know, if somebody's really angry and then you return with a gentle answer, you, at the person that I'm even angry with, this person is not even angry then. The other person is meant to cool down. unless He or she is crazy, you know? So, but, but for jealousy, what's the solution? So we should not be found, you know, when it comes to, we should not be found at all. It should not be found in us. And uh, my next point says, it's hard to resent what you compliment. That's why it's so good to easily give compliments, give praises, you know, encourage somebody. I've, I've realized that everybody always likes encouragement. Everybody likes to be encouraged, you know, no matter how successful, no matter how well they are doing, no matter how low in life. Anyway, people who are low in life are always need encouragement, but no matter how successful, high, high up there they are, everybody needs encouragement. Everybody appreciates encouragement. Amen. So the next point is rebuke. Number three, criticism, unexpressed love and flattery. Verses five and six. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Amen. So he says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. You know, and I remember what um, um, Bumi said about um, what has helped her in her own friendship. You know, she she tells her the truth, you know, and she listens and so when, when we are in when we are in, in 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 a relationship we should be able to tell one another the truth in love. You know it says rather than just loving the person quietly, loving the person quietly is better you speak out the truth and open rebuke is better than even love. Don't compliment sin. You know, that's my next point. Don't complimenting, it's deceitful. Don't hide your love, Expresses, express express it. Unexpressed love has no value. It's like um, um, a couple, you know, um, a, a man who goes about praising the wife, you know, or a wife who goes about praising the, the, the husband to other people. But when he's home or when she's home, they don't, you know, they don't express the love. And it's, it's useless because it's not going to be appreciated. The other person really doesn't even know, you know, that you've just bragged about her. If you love her, tell her you love her. She's your wife, you know. If you love him, tell him you love him. If you are feeling extra love, you know, at a particular time, go ahead and express it. Because an unexpressed love is, is useless. It has no value. You know, so don't compliment sin. Something is sinful and you think you need to point it out to your friend. You need to learn to point it out nicely. Don't compliment it. It causes harm. You know, when you compliment sin, it causes harm. It doesn't help the person. Amen. So, let's have verse 6 on the screen. Verse 6 on the screen. The rebuke of a sincere sincere friend helps, but the flattery of an insincere, insincere friend harms. So, as much as possible, in our relationships with one another as children of God, we should avoid flattery words. They don't do any good. They don't do any good at all. Amen. So, um, you know, so, it's, yeah, the rebuke of a friend, but the flattery. Okay, another version actually says, the kiss of an insincere friend hands, you know. So, when I, when I read that, what came to my mind was the kiss of Judas that he gave to Jesus. Was he a sincere kiss? No, he wasn't a sincere kiss. And that kiss, you know, was to give away Jesus. You know, so sometimes we have some, some, some people around us like that. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, the Lord, we open our eyes to see and to be able to discern, you know, that this is a kiss, this is a kiss of Judas and, you know, and do away with it in Jesus name. Amen. Second Timothy four two. The Bible enjoins to encourage, to rebuke. It says, preach the word of God, be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. So he, uh, the Bible actually encourages to rebuke, you know, but rebuke with a lot of patience and rebuke in love. So some certain things I would like to mention this evening about rebuke. Number one is openly, re- open, openly rebuking when sin openly rebuke when sin is involved so that others can learn that's the point when sin is involved you know you have to openly rebuke so that others can learn and there's a time to rebuke in private first Timothy chapter 5 verse 20 says those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church this will serve as a strong warning to to others galatians 2 11 to 14 okay here um, peter was openly rebuked by paul because um, peter was apparently in error you know he was with the he was with the initially was with the gentiles but when the jews now came he didn't want to have anything to do with the gentiles because the gentiles were not circumcised but when peter came to antioch i had to oppose him to his face you know for what he did was very wrong so he said he, he rebuked him openly let's move on to verse 14 and verse 14 says, when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a gen- Gentile. Why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? Amen. So, the the Bible encourages rebuke. Especially when there's a sin involved, you have to learn to rebuke and rebuke nicely, rebuke gently. You know, sometimes you don't have to be nice about it when there's sin involved and every other person needs to learn from it. So, um, my next point on rebuke is when it's someone older, you should privately rebuke. You know, talking about rebuking an elder. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 1. You know, here, Paul started chapter one by saying, never speak harshly to an older man or do not rebuke an older man openly, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. But then the same, the same part that started this went on to verse 20 to say, well, you know, open them. let's go on to verse 20 again. And so here, those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church or in front of others so that others can, can learn. So, the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. We are not going to be, uh, we are not going to watch our brothers or our sisters, you know, waiting in sin and keep our mouth shut. The Lord will help us. Amen. Come hungry, verse 7. Come hungry. That's the fourth point. A person who is fully refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. So, you must come hungry. You must be a receptive student so i'm I'm going to be talking to students today that no matter how good the school is, no matter how sharp you are, no matter how intelligent you are, you are if you are not if you are not receptive, you won't learn you know if you are not eager if you are not eager to be the best in what you're in everything you do, you won't learn you know so here. Verse verse 7 encourages us in our relationship. In anything we do, we should be hungry. No matter how good the teaching is, without a good receptivity, you can't really get anywhere. You know, and um, talking about um, spiritual disciplines as well. You know, if you're really hungry, fasting for three weeks when we have the GWDIA wouldn't be a big deal. If you really want to know God more, you want to experience more of God's power in your life, you want to live... Um, a miraculous life, a life that testifies to the glory of the Lord. When you come hungry, Matthew 5, verse 6. Can, can we have Matthew 5, verse 6? You're going to endure the fasting. You're going to endure whatever it is, even if you choose to coast for the whole 21 days. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be blessed. Amen. For they will be blessed. Amen. So, so verse seven says, "A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry." So, when you're hungry, even though it's not palatable, it tastes sweet to you because you know that. Well, I know where I'm going. So, and then I'm I'm gonna be encouraging parents as well. You know, sometimes our children are so full before they ask for something, we've given it to them. Before they ask for something, we've given it given it to them. We are not um, helping them because a child who is born with a silver spoon, has everything easy through life, throughout his life, then when he's, when he's not meant to be standing on his own and all that wealth and all the legacy that the parents have left behind, if he has not been properly trained all along the way, he's going to mismanage it. But you know, somebody is, is, as again, somebody who works really hard and labors, you know, to get, to, to get the work done and get an income, the person is going to be a good manager. You know, somebody who is hungry to work hard, you know, to earn money. At the end of the day, they end up being a better manager of the resources that is left with them. So, my next point says, luxury of wealth doesn't yield fulfillment. But a healthy hunger for work will always yield increase and bring fulfillment. Amen. So, the next point is home and family verse 8. Let's read verse 8. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from his nest. See, when the enemy wants to attack somebody, he takes you away from your family or from the community. You know, he starts to, you know, get them isolated. And I'm praying that in the name of Jesus, the enemy will not get us in that area in the name of Jesus. We will not leave our areas of shield and our areas of protection. We can remember the, the, the story of the prodigal child. We left, he left his family. But of course, things didn't work out well for him and he had to come back to the same family, you know. So, don't leave your family. Don't forsake the um, worshipping together of the brethren, you know. When it's time for us to pray together, always be there. When it's time to serve in the house of God, always be there. You know, take um, them... Go, go further in your walk with God. Pick up the workhouse form. You know, go for the journey, you know, and learn about everything that we're doing in God's Spirit and be a part and a parcel of it. Don't forsake your family because this is our year to create. And guess what? You cannot create in isolation. You can't create in isolation. Amen. Number six is good counsel and abandonment your heart will rightly perceive a good counsel. So, I will encourage you to, to ensure that your right is properly stationed because your heart will rightly perceive. When you get a good counsel from a friend, from a family, from, you know, your, your heart will perceive it. You will know deep in your heart that this is, this, this counsel is a good one. You know, and if, you still choose to take it to the Lord in prayer, you know, you, you will know that it's a good counsel. And I know that I've taken a lot of quite a number of very, um, very beautiful steps in my life that I've been as a result of, you know, counseling from, from a friend, I remember then when we were seven, we both just had our babies. And of course, service was quite difficult. And after service, okay, we're going to stay home because the babies were still young. We're still breastfeeding. A good friend of mine, and she said, well, Lamide, is this is how we're going to be sitting down at home and just be waiting for our husbands and all this. Why don't we just do something with our hands? And she said, um, why don't you go learn jewelry making? I said me, jewelry making, because I grew up being, you know, when I was growing up, they used to call me a tomboy. You know, I'm I'm the the, the fourth child. My mom had a boy, girl, girl. So when she was pregnant with me, she prayed and prayed and prayed. She really wanted the boy but of course, I didn't come as a boy, I came as a girl so my brother always says, well, at the last minute I changed my mind so when somebody now said, and I used to, you know just all trousers, bounce in school and all those things and when somebody now came and said jewelry making I said, me, jewelry making I don't have that patience, but I'm glad I listened to her, and by the time I enrolled, you know, the the story is something else, because the lady was like, oh wow you're learning so fast, and I ended up training quite a number of people whom today are still making you of you know that skill you know as a source of income you know there's actually a lady that opened a very big store in the Carter shopping complex they're doing jewelry making and when i went to her store i said did you learn from somebody else she said no it wasn't just the training i got from you so you know we should hallelujah praise the lord so so when we have good friends you know, that can give us counsel. Our hearts must be rightly positioned to receive the good counsel, and we know that it's a good counsel. You know, so um, I know that we have all sorts of friends. We have FFF. When I was in school, we had different categories of friends. Friends for food. This day they say BFF, best friend forever. We had friends for fashion, friends for gossip. So, you know the friend to go to if you wanted gossip. You will know the friend you will go to if you wanted somebody to help you with your uh, maths or with any subjects that you are weak in, you know. So, we have, there are all sort of friends, but the Lord will help us because in the house of God, the kind of friendship that we come across, our friends that help us and take us to the next level. And I, I, they say blood is thicker than water. But when they say blood is thicker than water, well, I always think of the blood of Jesus. And I believe that the ties of the blood of Jesus is thicker than the ties of the blood of humans. Amen. It is thicker, the ties of the blood of Jesus. Amen. So, and, um, I would just encourage us this night that, um, you know, as much as possible when we have friends in the house of God, and um, we should try and be a good friend as well, be a faithful friend. And so that when you don't ab- abandon your friend on the day you need their help, they are just there easily. You know, the Bible, says, Proverbs 18 24 says, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You can't always depend on your biological family a lot of times, you know, because in crisis, only Christ is. Amen. Can we have that on the screen? In crisis, only Christ is. You know, brethren, may, um, your brothers or your friends, family may forsake you. But Christ never forsakes us, you know. And the truth is, Christ will not come down by himself to give us a hug, to give us a listening ear when we need it. But he uses you and I. You know, we are his hands, we are his legs, we are his feet, you know, we are his ears, we are his eyes. Amen. So, the next point is good conduct. Test the waters. Number 7, verses 11 and 12. Good conduct. Be wise, my child, and make my heart glad. Then I'll be able to answer my critics. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simple thing goes blindly on and suffers. The consequences. Thank you. So let's have the verses back again from the beginning. Says, be wise and make my heart glad. You know, I'm, you know, as parents, when our children are wise or they make wise decisions and they do well, we're so happy. There's a proverb in Yoruba that says, well, a good child is the child of the father, and the bad one is the child of the of the mother. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing with God. You know, when, when, when we are good, when we behave well, you know, when we have a good testimony outside there, God is proud of us. You know, but, and when, when, when it's the other way around, he's not, you know, and I, I believe that as children of God, you know, when somebody has a good testimony, it's a good, you know, it, it testifies to the goodness of God. And I believe that in Nigeria, if only 25% of the Christians we have in Nigeria do what is right, this country will be better off than what it is today. Amen. God will help us in the name of Jesus so verse, verse, verse 12, yeah, we've, we've dealt with that before, you know, test, test the waters, don't go foolishly, you know, a, a wise person takes calculated risk, you know, and God will help us in the name of Jesus flee, to flee from every appearance of evil. Verse 8, sorry, verse 13, number 8, avoid borrowing and be a wise lender. We've talked about that as well, as much as possible as children of God. We have no business borrowing. Of course, unless it's it's for for, for investments, you know, sorry, unless it's capital that is required, you know, to enlarge your business, to take your business to the next level, you know. A lot of top, top companies would not be where they are today if they didn't get a loan from the bank. So avoid borrowing, be a wise lender. Number nine, there's a right time for everything, verse 14. This is just, let's read verse 14. It's just very interesting. A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a cost. So he says, "There's there's, there's a time for everything, you know. You know, when you wake up very early in the morning and you're greeting, God bless you, my neighbors. And then they are wondering, what is this nuisance that is disturbing everybody, you know. Uh, and, and that reminds me of a scene from um, coming to America. You know, that this guy, <laughs> I, can't, I always remember the scriptures, you know. Every, and I always remember that scene whenever I read the scripture. When he woke up in the morning, went to a place, and he picked his head through the, through the window and said, Good morning, my neighbors. And of course, what he got were curses. You know, they didn't find it funny. So, there's a right time for everything. Don't go visiting your friend at 7 a.m. in the morning to just, when you know he or she is supposed to be praying, you know, and having his or her quiet time. If not properly delivered, what is meant to be a blessing can be perceived as a curse. Number 10. Being corusome. I've talked about that. Women sisters, this is the fifth time, you know, in the book of Proverbs, maybe not the final time, maybe we'll still see it more in other chapters, 28, 29, 30, 31, that, that, you know, that being quarrelsome is being mentioned, you know, and I trust that we are not quarrelsome in the name of Jesus, you know, it's not just women, um, and I trust that the men of service indeed are men of service, they don't have time for quarrels in Jesus' name. We don't even have time for that in GFH. Amen. But you know what? We need to pray for our children. Because it says a quarrelsome wife can... You, you can't... You, it, when someone has a quarrelsome spouse, it's something that the person has to live with and deal with probably for the rest of his or her life if the marriage survives it. That is the truth. And it's destiny-destroying. It can destroy destiny. So, are you looking inwards and you're making sure that you are not raising corrosive children? You have children in the house and they are keeping malice with each other. Hey, anyone, they will be fine. No, you don't condone it. They have to come and talk about it and address it and sort it out right And then, in fact, my children, we always start with a hug. In this house, you want to start keeping malice first and foremost, hug, hug each other, first and foremost, before we continue this conversation, you know, so because I, I always pray that, because I always pray that my children will not um, end up with um, high, I, I, re- I refer to them as high maintenance spouses maintenance is a major problem, is destiny destroying, and we should ensure that in as much as we are praying that prayer for our children, we are not raising high maintenance children. God will help us in Jesus' name mentoring this is my favorite verse verse 17 as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens the countenance of another friend can i have the graphic that shows um the iron sharpen iron graphic okay can, can we see some sharpening happening here There's a lot of grinding going going on. And some pieces are actually falling to the ground, you know. So, um, there's a saying in Yoruba that says, "When, When a piece of iron collides with another piece of iron, one has to bend. One has to bend. But well, in the name of Jesus, as children of God... When we meet together, because the Holy Spirit in us is the power of the Most High God, we come together, we synergize, and the metal gets stronger without bending in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when iron sharpens iron, there's a lot of grinding, and grinding is not easy. So that's when it comes to, you know, a friend rebuking you or a friend, you know, pointing out something to you that is not really palatable, you know, and then some things are dropping to the floor and you have to let those things drop, you know. I don't like it when you come to me and you want to tell me about somebody else. That's gossip. You have to let it drop and don't take offense. You know, iron sharpens iron and a man sharpens the countenance of another. So, I'm really thankful because in God's favor there's a lot of mentoring going on. You know, women mentoring women, men mentoring men and please don't miss out on it because God has given us so many beautiful testimonies when it comes to iron sharpening iron. There's another graphic about um, sisters. Okay, yes. Hallelujah, yes. These are women sharpening women. Amen. So if you are depressed, oppressed, suppressed, instead of being blessed, you must rethink that friendship. He says, a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So, if what you feel, every time you come in contact with this friend, you feel oppressed. She's, she's telling you about a designer bag that she bought for $1,000. Or a designer bag that she bought for $8,000. Honestly, such discussions even discourage me. I don't even have time for such discussions. Yes, you bought it for $8,000. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If I buy mine for $50, I carry it with an attitude because my God is the designer. Amen. Hallelujah. is a designer of designers. So if you are depressed, oppressed, and suppressed instead of being blessed, you must rethink that friendship. Amen. So let's have, I have a short quote on blessed to blessed. We have been blessed to bless. We have not been blessed so that we can impress, suppress, oppress, overdress, and live in excess, but we have so we can help others make progress, press harder, bring them out of fortress and distress, dress them up, and change their address. Amen. So if indeed you have truly, truly been blessed and somebody is suffering, change the address, pay for the accommodation. You know, and the Lord will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. There's a graphic about surround yourself. Can I have that graphic as well? It says you should surround yourself with girlfriends that push you to be and do better. No drama, no mess. Just higher goals and high heels. Good times and positive energy. No jealousy or shade. Simply bringing out the absolute best in each other. Amen. Loyalty, number eight. um, Verse 18. Loyalty. As workers would turn a fig tree allowed to eat the fruit, so workers will protect their employees' interest to be rewarded. So 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 when you're, I remember something that um, Papi said one time that when your employer walks out of the office and you start you, you gather together and you start talking about about him. It is completely wrong because this is the person that pays your salary. You have to be loyal. And I, that's, 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 for the employee and an employer that has a loyal employees and a loyal employee must ensure that, you know, that the, um, loyal employee is rewarded. Every employer values a worker who protects their interests. 1 Corinthians 9, 10 to 11. Let's read that. First Corinthians 9, 10 to 11. Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you and, and we're entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink. Then 1 um, Timothy 5, 17 to 18 says let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine for the scripture says thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn and the laborer is worthy and the laborer is worthy of his reward amen it says the laborer is worthy of the reward the salary that you get at the end of every month do you really deserve it Honestly, if I'm going to be frank, some people don't deserve the salary that they get at the end of every month. Because when they get to work, they're on social media, they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, you know, using their employer's time, you know, and they're wondering, well, whether I work hard or not, whether I put in my best effort or not, at the end of the month I'm getting my salary. It's a sin. It is wrong. The law does not encourage it. And it says the laborer is worthy of his wages. Have you labored hard, you know, to, 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 to earn the wages when you get your salary at the at the end of the month, do you thank God and say, thank God? Are you happy with all the efforts that you have put in? Do you wait to be micromanaged? The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. We'll be good examples in the name of Jesus. We'll be loyal friends. We'll be loyal to our our employers in the name of Jesus. We'll be loyal to to the church of God. We'll be loyal to God himself in the name of Jesus. And his name alone will be glorified. Some people do not deserve the pay they get because they don't work. Guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. In your friendship, you have to guard your heart. When you hear anything about your, your friend, your sister, your brother in church, you have to guard your heart. And don't let that determine, you know, your action. Verse, verses 19 and 20. Let's have verses 19 and 20. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. The heart reflects the real person. What is in your heart? The Bible says if anything is true, if anything is worth, if anything is of good report. You have to think on these things, you know. A friend that you have known for a while, somebody comes to tell you something about that person. What do you do? You d- d- discard it. You discard it and choose to believe the truth that you know about that person. Even though it still doesn't stop you from taking an action, working Um, talking to the person about whatever it is that you have heard. Desires come from the heart. You know, desires come from the heart. And verse, the next verse says, just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Our desires come from our heart. And the truth is that human desire can never be satisfied. If that desire has not been placed in the hands of the most high God, it can never be satisfied. You, you can never, Money cannot satisfy it. Power cannot satisfy it. Fame cannot satisfy it. You know, silver cannot satisfy it. Pleasure cannot satisfy it. Gold cannot satisfy it. Only God can satisfy our desires. Amen. And may he satisfy our desires in the name of Jesus. Amen. So verse 22, only God. Only God. Let's have verse 22. Only God. You cannot separate fools from their foolishness, even though you grind them like grain with mortar and pistol, pistol but, but only God can help the fools. Their case is not, um, um, it's, it's, it's not something that um, cannot be sorted out, you know, but as, as long as they place it into the hands of the Most High God. The Lord can turn the foolish person into a wise person. So finally, we go on to part two that talks about leadership and investment. Leadership, you are responsible for managing all that God has entrusted to you as a leader. Verse 24, you are, you are responsible to everything that the Lord has entrusted to you as a leader. For riches don't last forever and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. They don't last forever. The crown may not be passed to the next generation. Whoever it is, whatever leadership position you find yourself in wherever you are in church, outside of church. As a parent, you are responsible for those children that the Lord has given unto you and you have to look, you have to make sure you pay attention to the state of your flocks. Okay, so let's read 23 to 27. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for, for, for your herds. For riches don't last forever and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. After the hay is vested. And the new crop appears and the mountain grasses are gathered in. Your sheep will provide wool for clothing. And your goats will provide the prize of a field. And you will have enough goats milk for yourself, your family... And your servant girls. Amen. So, leadership requires constant attention. You have to pay attention to those whom the Lord has put in your care and make sure that on that day when you appear before God, you know, you can stand before Him and, and tell Him that I have not lost any of the one that you have given unto me. It talks about investments. Opportunities come, opportunities go. But there's the a whole lot you can do with the opportunities that come. You must have a business. You can't be idle. Be diligent. Take the pains. Get yourself out of debt, you know, and let the name of the Lord be glorified in all in the works of your hands. My next point says manage your resources well. Money is active and always moving. There's a quote that says money flows away from those who do not manage it towards those who do. You know, it reminds me of the gold and silver session that Papi had with us when he gave us an assignment and said we should all go home, you know, and take stock of everything, you know. What, what, what your income, your revenue, um, indebtedness, and all those things. So we have to learn to manage the resources that God has given us. Get out of debt. Save. Invest. Be a part of GFH Academy. Amen. How many people are registered with GFH Academy here this night? Hallelujah. So, be a part of it. Don't just register. Make sure you go through the classes. So, the next point is, work hard like it depends on you and pray hard like it depends on God. God blesses honest labels. You can't reap where you have not planted. Providence should not be taken for granted. Psalm 104 verse 14. Providence should not be taken for granted. You cause you, you grass to grow for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food from the earth. God has blessed us. The blessings are there. You know, so don't take it for granted. Just make use of the energy, the strength, the resources he he has given you and his name alone will be glorified. Amen. What are you investing in? Physically, spiritually, you know, our prayers, I believe our prayers outlive us, you know, and um, so we should, we should invest in as much as we are investing, you know, our resources spiritually as well, we should invest. How do you invest spiritually? When we're having the GWDI and you are fasting, when you are not being forced to fast, because you have, because the truth is, whether you, at one point or the other you will pray, you know, but pray now when you are not being forced to pray, fast now when you are not being forced to fast. It's spiritual investment because they will all count for you at the end of the day. Amen. So what are you investing in? And then our prayers, our prayers are never wasted. They may not get answered now. They may not get answered in the next week. They may not even get answered in the next couple of years. Praise God for the prayers that the Lord answers immediately. We are thankful because he answers our prayers. But our prayers do outlive us. There's a story I would like us to, I'd like to, to share in closing. Let's have the story of Honey the Circle Maker so, this, 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 this guy lived in the era between the Old Testament and the New Testament. His name the, he is popularly known as Horny, the circle maker. And the story was, during a particular era, there was no rain for a very long time. And so, what he did was, he drew a circle and he stayed in the circle and he said, Well, I am not going to, in the front of the whole community. And he said, I am not going to leave this circle until the Lord brings rain and he stayed there and the community saw that well this man is determined he's not going to leave the circle eventually eventually the community joined him in praying and you know, it rained. He didn't leave the circle and it rained. The Pharisees, the Sadducees then were so angry. How can you be talking to God like that? You are so rude and all those things. But eventually some of them got worn over that. Oh, so it's possible to actually pray like this and trust God. So honey, the, the circle maker, you know, when I, when I heard the circle maker, I remember the, 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 the bloodline story that papi always shares, you know, when you draw the, draw the bloodline. He drew the circle and stood in the circle and said, well, I'm not going to leave this circle until God answers the prayer. Towards the end of his life, honey, the circle maker was walking down a death road when he saw a man planting a carob tree. He asked, how long will it take this tree to bear fruit? The man replied, 70 years. Honey said, are you quite sure you will live another 70 years to eat its fruits? The man replied, perhaps not. However, when I was born into this world, I found many carob trees planted by my father and grandfather. Just as they planted trees for me. I'm planting for my children and grandchildren so they will be able to eat the fruit of these trees. Our prayers never die. Some of us are enjoying the benefits and grace of the prayers prayed by our parents and grandparents. Prayer is planting. So, what are you investing in? Amen. So, I, I'm going to ask you today, ask Chip, um, when we, can, can we read the last verse of um, Proverbs 27? And it says, You will have enough goat's milk for yourself, your family, and your servant girls. There's a lot in the presence of god there's enough more than enough in the house of god and if you want to enjoy that you know bounty in the house of god you must have a relationship with god so that he can bless you and bless the work of your hands so today i'm i'm, I'm going to close by asking you Who not need your time today in what ways can you prioritize people over your tasks ask the lord for in, insight as you go about your day